USA Wealth Group Inc. presents Money Wise with the Money Guys. Ray Lance and Pete Lance are your hosts for the next hour, talking retirement topics and having the retirement conversation for those at or nearing retirement. For more than 20 years, USA Wealth Group has been committed to helping families protect and grow their wealth by providing safe and effective strategies. The conversation starts now. Welcome to Money Wise Radio. Good Sunday morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Money Wise. Our goal at Money Wise is to explain things and give you some information maybe that you haven't thought about before, mostly to help you make your financial life better, your family estate planning better, and just in general to do much better with anything to do with money, family, finances. So welcome to Money Wise, and good morning to Pete Lance. Good morning, Pete. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. And uh, as I relax in my chair here, do we have a dog under the table with us today? A different dog, yeah. We have uh, Willow. Luna is normally always here, but she is being lazy down the other end. We have Willow. Well, she'll probably come barging in at some point in time. And uh, a good morning also to attorney Michael Coleman. Good morning, Mike. Good morning. Thank you. So, gentlemen, today we thought it would be fun to talk about, is this a good time to buy a house? And I guess the corollary question would be, is this a good time to sell a house? So let's start out with the first question, or the second question first, Pete. Is this a good time to sell a house, Pete? It's never been better if you have a place to go, at least. If you have an investment property, it might not be a bad idea, depending on your goals, your age, you know, your timeline with what's going on to sell that investment property right now because real estate has never been hotter, higher. Um, I've been telling people if there's any possible way that they can go and live with family members or rent anything that's suitable for them, uh, it's absolutely the best time to sell. Go get an RV and hit the road, perhaps? RVs are pretty expensive right now, too. but I guess they probably would be, wouldn't they? Well, it's a good time to sell a house for another reason or an investment property because taxes are the lowest right now they've been for many years, and they're probably going to go up again in the future. So if taxes are lower and you're going to pay less taxes on your investment, if the market's really hot right now and you can make more money, uh, that's a pretty good combination, isn't it, to think about selling something? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it's, it really it could not be a better time to be a seller. Uh, everything's going under agreement, you know, for the most part within four or five days. But I guess it would be um, really true on the opposite side that it's a really bad time to be a buyer, isn't it? Terrible. Uh, I've got some friends I'm helping to find houses right now. Luckily, I've found uh, two of them, at least so far, suitable homes that uh, are under agreement. But it's very difficult for a buyer because, you know, every, every home you're probably seeing at least a, a dozen offers coming in from other people. And a lot of people are just outbidding, um, you know, others by crazy high prices, you know, 40, 50, 60, $70,000 over asking price and the asking prices are already inflated. And, uh, you know, it's really tough for those who have a contingency of a house to sell themselves because there's so many people who are putting offers out there that are first time home buyers or are getting cash um, with no mortgage contingency from I don't know, family members, or I'm not sure where it's coming from, but it's it's such a good time to be a seller because you're getting massively high offers way over asking price, and you're getting good offers with you know, no contingencies other than maybe a home inspection on many of them. So let me ask you both, gentlemen. Uh, do you think we are in a real estate bubble right now? Do you think that these high prices can last? Do you think it's going to burst and prices will come back down again? What do you think? I think absolutely we are. Yeah. Um, we always say it's just like 2008 when the mortgage rates were low and there was a lot of buying going on. And then not long after that, the market crashed and the houses were underwater. So I think that's possibly what we're in again. Of course, today might be underwater because of the environmental conditions. Yeah. And in 2008, that was definitely a problem. The, I think the biggest problem that at least I was seeing back then is everybody and their mother could get approved for a loan. Uh, my dogs could probably have gotten approved for a, a home loan in 2008. 
Or well, that works. <laughs> I mean, sure. and there were 103% loans, and I'm sitting there at closing tables saying, wow, this is ri- really ridiculous. These people are putting zero down, and they're actually getting 3% cash back at closing. This is not right. There's something wrong here. Yeah. <laughs> well, talk about getting a loan in the name of your dog. I had a, a good friend once. This is a true story, and she applied to American Express and got a credit card approved in the name of her pet parrot. Stanley G. Parrot, and she got a credit card from Amex issued in the parrot's name. I would have used it and then said, I don't know what my parents, my parrot's up to. <laughs> Sue the parrot. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's a very funny time right now. And, Mike, you hit upon something else, which is really true. It, not only is it an interesting time to try to buy, but mortgage interest rates are at an all-time low right now. That's not going to remain the same. So the problem really is in the middle, isn't it? The problem is not having enough supply to be able to buy a house. And then if you do find a house that you like, you're going to be in the middle of a competition with a whole bunch of other people looking to buy a house at the same time. We have a shortage in this country. I think one of the things that people didn't understand in 2008 was what the mortgages really were that they were getting into, like the adjustable rate mortgages that where rates would go up after a certain period of time. Mm-hmm. I think that was a problem when the rates went up. You know, people couldn't afford it anymore. So partly because of what's happened in the economy, partly because of what's happened in the pandemic, we've got low mortgage rates. Uh, that has fueled fuel um, buying, house buying during the pandemic. That means inventory is now down low. Prices have gone soaring sky high. And it's hard to find a place to live. Yeah, there's a massive um, shortage of homes in this country in general, and it's across the country. It's not just this area. It's most of the country. Well, I was talking to a gentleman up in New Hampshire about a week ago, and he and his wife were living in an apartment, and they're hoping to be able to buy a house, but they haven't found any inventory to purchase up there either. So they looked at a brand-new apartment complex, and these are typical, you know, two-bedroom, two-bath apartments and it was in southern mid new hampshire and the rents he said were going to be twenty eight hundred dollars a month in this new place Mm. so his wife liked the apartment and they decided they're going to stay exactly where they are right now because the prices are crazy not only in terms of buying a house but in terms of trying to find an apartment to rent yeah that's again it's a real shortage of homes um, I, th- I think I saw something, actually I'm looking at it now, uh, 4 million homes are really needed right now, but the builders are just trying to catch up with the demand. Yeah, and coupled with not only housing in general and the fact that we have a real shortage of housing in the country, the population continues to grow, uh, people need to live somewhere, but the cost of materials has gone sky high during this really crazy economy that we've had also. Yeah. That means it costs a lot more to build a place today. I'll give just a couple of quick examples of, you know, real-life situations that I've just been dealing with over the last month. We listed a property in Stoughton. It was a condo, a nice condo, standalone. Um, it basically looked like a house. And uh, we had to have it appraised for a very specific reason. Uh, it was an estate issue. And uh, it appraised at 450 and I said the market's going really crazy. We'll list it above appraisal and put it at four seventy-five, and it sold for four hundred ninety-seven thousand dollars, almost fifty thousand dollars over. So higher than the, the appraisal cost. appraised value. And then um, I've got a, a friend whose house uh, I listed for three thirty, I believe, and it went under agreement at three eighty. Um, the house that he was buying was listed at four oh nine. And he wanted that house really bad and said, I'm going to live there for the rest of my life probably. He uh, put an offer that was accepted for four seventy, which is $60,000 over asking. That's nuts. That's crazy. And um, another friend of mine, a property in um, uh, Taunton, uh, an offer, uh, it was a house that was listed at uh, four thirty, dollars And she submitted an offer of, uh, I believe it was four ninety. So it's just really crazy. You know, it's the only way you can get anything under agreement right now. And historically, I guess, in this country, it's always been the American dream to own a house or own a piece of property. Uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, United States president back in the 30s, said, real estate cannot be lost or stolen. 
nor can it be carried away, purchased with common sense, paid for in full, and managed with reasonable care, it is about the safest investment in the world. So people from time from the very beginning have always talked about real estate. Even uh, Mark Twain in the 1800s said, buy land, they're not making it anymore. But you can't afford to buy land anymore today either, can you? No, it's, it's again, it's a big problem. There's, I'm just reading this now. There was a home in California that received 122 offers in two days. It's nuts. How do you even sort out the offers? I don't know. It's a lot of work. So I, I recently came across an article that was talking about the steps to be involved in if you're looking to buy a house. We're going to get into that in a little bit more detail in just a moment. But it was talking specifically about an appraisal. Should you waive the appraisal when you go to buy a house? So sometimes people think, well, my offer will be more marketable if I'm going to take the house as is, if I'm not going to bring in a home inspector. You're talking about the inspection. You said appraisal. Oh, I'm sorry. Inspection. Yes. Thank you for correcting me. Um, yeah, I mean, we do recommend appraisals for, from time to time. And in some cases, as I said before, they're necessary if it's an estate and we need a date of death value. Um, but yes, uh, there are a lot of people, especially if you're investing, um, who will waive the inspection. The condo in Stoughton, they waive the home inspection. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a three-family in New Bedford that I have under agreement right now uh, that we're selling for a client. And the investor waived the inspection and said, as is. So, yeah, it's, it's definitely, it, it speeds up things and it makes the offer um, sweeter for the person selling. Because it means that if the buyer comes back and says, well, I want to have $5,000 worth of repairs done, in the meantime, the seller may have lost several offers. But do you think that's a safe thing to do, Pete, to waive the inspection? No, not at all. I don't uh, either. And again, it's really only for investors. I mean, if you're a, a, a home owner and you're you're purchasing a home i should say for yourself to actually live in absolutely it's highly recommended to get an inspection and not waive that um you know the home inspections are usually between four and five hundred dollars and they could discover and in some cases i've seen it discover some massive issues with the home that then you can either renegotiate the price or walk away from it and uh it it can save your butt big time so We agree, I think, on the need to do an inspection if you're buying a house. But I'm more concerned about this idea of the bubble and whether the bubble will burst and whether the prices will come down and should you hold or should you try to buy right now. We're going to talk about that and a few other things about the housing shortage and what to do and how to hold title to houses and things of that nature. So stay tuned and we will be right back after a short break. You're listening to Money Wise with the Money Guys, hosted by Ray Lance and Pete Lance. If you have questions about retirement, call today, 508-998-8858. That's 508-998-8858 for a consultation or a second opinion on your current retirement plan. 508-998-8858. And now, back to Money Wise with the Money Guys. Call 508-998-8858. That's 508-998-8858. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking today about whether this is a good time to buy a house, whether it's a good time to sell a house. And I think the consensus so far this morning has been, it's a great time to sell a house, not so good time to buy a house. Isn't that right? Funny thing is, though, in order to sell a house, you need someone to buy it. True. Well, kind of like when you're selling a stock. I guess in your law practice, Mike, uh, talking with attorney Mike Coleman, uh, you've represented both buyers and sellers, right? Mostly sellers. Mostly sellers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Usually, if there's a mortgage involved, the bank would have a, an attorney to represent the buyer. But right, yeah. and then on the USA Realty Group side of things, we have always for the most part, represented um, sellers only as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've made some exceptions. If we've got a, 
client, somebody who's already a client and they really just like us and want us to sell their or, or help them purchase a home, I should say, uh, or in the situation in what I'm dealing with right now with a few of my friends and they're, you know, they're decent friends, they're good friends. And uh, I said, sure, I'll help you buy a home. Um, it's, it's, you know, sometimes more work to help somebody find a home to purchase than to sell it. Um, Makes that's sense. not always the case, but it can be the case where, especially if you have somebody who really has some boxes that they want to check off that, and they want to make sure every single box is checked off. And that's kind of tough in this market. Um, but, you know, showing a home, showing homes, you know, 20 times or more can take up a lot of time. Well, real estate, you can make money. I guess in one sense, if you're a buyer, you might justify or rationalize buying a house right now in this time of a high market prices by saying, well, I'm going to stay here forever. I'm going to pay off the mortgage. And, you know, 20 years from now, if the mortgage is paid off, the house is going to be worth more money anyway. So who cares? Right. So, I mean, if you're looking to buy, plan on staying in that house for a good 20 years or more because yeah. you're just not going to get the money back most likely. I mean, who knows? But I think it's a really good you, point. You might get the money back, but it's you're not going to make as good of an investment decision if unless you really need to get into a home right now. On the buy, on the seller side of things, when we sell properties, when I say it's, um, you know, a, a decent amount of work as well, you know, you have to get the uh, lead paint disclosure written up and you have to uh, be there for the home inspection. Uh, you have to make sure that the smoke detectors are up to code and, and inspected with the fire department. Uh, those are all things that buyers, agents don't have to worry about. And there's other things also, but... Well, let's take a quick look at the point of view of a seller if you want to sell a property. So we know that it's a good time to, to sell. Occasionally, I'll see a sign that says for sale by owner, but they don't necessarily know what the real value of their property is, do they? No. And I mean, they may have an idea. We see clients all the time and we always say, what do you think your home is worth? So we can put it in uh, our asset spreadsheet as one of their assets because a home is an asset. And then we say, okay, well, what's your mortgage? Okay, well, the difference is part of your assets. Um, but they'll say, oh, I think my home is worth about $275,000. And then I'll say, no, it's worth way more than that right now. Um, or very quickly, just because I know real estate so well, I'll just take a look on, on Google Maps and take a look at the home and I'll be able to tell right away, well, no, they were either saying that their home is worth way more than what it really is, or usually the case is they actually lowball it, and, and it's actually worth more than they think. So let me ask you a question, uh, Pete. We're talking with Peter Lance. If you are talking to somebody and they don't know what the value of their property is, do you sometimes recommend an appraisal? I, this is one of the only things that we differ on. Um, I typically don't recommend an appraisal. It depends. Again, in some situations, uh, you know, you need it, whether it's, uh, you know, an estate and you need the date of death value. And I know this is something that we've always just not really seen eye to eye on. I, I have such a good finger on the market. We do a comparative market analysis here at USA Realty Group. What does that do? It, it compares uh, other homes similar and and usually in the same town or in similar types of quality towns um, for uh, comparative purposes it, it'll say okay here's these 10 homes they sold for x amount of dollars uh, you can then get the price that this home should sell for the home that you're doing All right. so you belong to the multiple listing service so you have the ability to go on and find out what other similar homes have sold for is that correct right and it doesn't make sense to do a comparative analysis based on homes that haven't sold yet because you can't see what the sale price is until it actually closes okay so i'm kind of a belt and suspenders guy so if it were me what i would do would be a comparative market analysis yes but i would also recommend spend three or four hundred dollars and have an appraiser look at it as well. well that's the problem is that it's not $300 it's at least $450 or more to do an appraisal um, and I just don't advise my clients to spend that kind of money I mean it's not a huge amount of money but it's a decent chunk of money $400 $450 at least um, when and, and every single time you've recommended an appraisal or when somebody needed an appraisal because of the estate issue our comparative market analysis was right in line with the appraisal Okay, so now you have a figure for the house that you want to ask for when you're selling. 
But then you don't typically use that particular number, do you? You go higher on the asking price, correct? Right, because the appraised value or the comparative market analysis, the CMA that we do here, is going to give you the price that your home should be worth. That doesn't mean what it will actually sell for. So even in you know not crazy times like we're seeing now, we always recommended listing it for over uh, the appraised value or the CMA value. Uh, in this market, we're listing stuff twenty-five, thirty thousand dollars at least over you know what we think it's actually worth. So, a gentleman named Will Rogers, who was a well-known uh, actor and speaker and so forth in the '30s, said, "Don't wait to buy real estate. Buy real estate and wait." Because historically, real estate has gone up, even in a time of a bubble like this, if you can qualify. And uh, I used to subscribe to a magazine uh, called Fortune and Forbes, two separate magazines. I don't anymore because I just don't have time to read that many magazines as much as I used to. But they would always, always publish the Fortune 500 list. And literally, when you go through it, you can read it for yourself, but they would also categorize where people made their money. Over 50% of the people on the Fortune 500 list made their money in real estate, or that's where they made most of their money. Yep. We're talking commercial real estate, obviously. Uh, John Jacob Astor, who's a famous uh, business and real estate um, person in the country, said, buy on the fringe and wait. Buy land near a growing city. Buy real estate when other people want to sell. Hold what you buy. Never heard of him. John Jacob Astor. Like, oh. John big. Jacob Astorheimer Smith. No, no. He was a, a very rich uh, uh, business person uh, operating out of New York. How about Andrew Carnegie? Did you ever hear of him? Carnegie Hall? Yes. Well, sort of. <laughs> okay. We need to educate you. He was a billionaire and he was an industrialist. He said 90% of all millionaires become so through owning real estate. More money has been made in real estate than in all industrial developments combined. The wise young man or woman or wage earner of today invests his money in real estate. So historically, a lot of people have made money in real estate. Most people are concerned about their own house, though, aren't they? Mike, do people talk to you sometimes when they're about to sell their house? They do, yeah. We have one. We have a number of uh, sales going on right now, so we get involved on in the legal side of of the sales, the purchase and sale agreements, and then uh, if there are title issues that come up along the way, we can help with that, and then throughout the closing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what I've always told people when you are selling property and you receive an offer, don't just react to it immediately. And even if you're working with a different broker, for example. Let the law firm review the offer first. It'll be done within 24 hours, the same day. It'll be done within the same time. Because sometimes you can be shortchanging yourself if something is put in the offer that you don't want to be in there and be stuck with. Mm -hmm. So step one would be don't sign the offer if you are selling property. Have it quickly reviewed by uh, Mike Coleman. You can reach him at 508-998-8800. And then once they accept the offer, the next step is they put up a deposit with whoever the broker is, and then you do the purchase and sale contract, typically, if you're the seller's representative. Yeah, we can do the contract, and then once the contract is signed, then it's a matter of you know, the buyer getting financing if they need it and doing the title search and making sure they have clean title to the mm-hmm. property. We have one right now where the person bought the house in 2003, and it turns out that the, one of the mortgages on the property wasn't discharged correctly. When they bought it? Wow. When they bought it. So now 18 years later, we're going to have to go back and find the title insurer and get them to hopefully correct. <laughs> wow. That's an that's issue. Um, but that's that's a good argument for having title insurance when you yeah. buy property, isn't it? Yeah. It's yeah, and a, title insurance isn't a lot of money. Uh, and it's absolutely recommended that you have a lawyer represent you when you're buying a, or selling a house. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can really save your butt big time. Um, they can find errors within the purchase and sales. It doesn't happen that often, but sometimes there are some people who try to slip in language into a purchase and sales contract that you know really benefits one party versus the other. Uh, so definitely recommend having a lawyer here. We talk a lot about 
how this place is a one-stop shop for many needs, and we've been hearing that more and more from our clients lately. And it's true. I mean, if you wanted to sell your home or buy a home, we can help you. If you need a lawyer to help with that closing, we can help you. If you need homeowner's insurance, we can help you. If you sell a home and you have money that you want to invest, we can help you. No, but it is true. The largest single investment that most people will ever make in their lives is their home. So if you're buying or selling your home, you absolutely want to be represented and make sure it gets done correctly. Pete, are you seeing more and more buyers coming in now with either pre-approved financing or a cash offer? Yeah, I I talked about that at the beginning of the show. Cash offers are really big right now. And again, sometimes I'm looking at these people and they're young and I'm thinking they've got to be getting money from a parent or a grandparent or something. Probably. Um, maybe they're, they've got a promissory note to pay them back or something, but the offer is much better if you can pay cash for sure. And we won't even look at an offer unless it has a pre-approval letter from a lender at this point. Because otherwise you have to have an offer that goes in subject to getting financing and you don't know whether somebody's going to get financing or not. They all still say subject to financing if it's not a cash mm-hmm. offer, but at least they have a pre-approval letter um, mm-hmm. that shows that they most likely shouldn't have a difficult time getting their um, their financing. Well, we're going to come back in just a minute after a short break and talk about um, how to take title to your house and your property if you're on the buying side and how to protect your house. So stay tuned, and we will be back in just a very short moment. This is Money Wise Radio with Ray and Pete Lance. Powered by the USA Wealth Group. Collectively, more than 80 years of experience helping clients define and plan for their retirement goals. To begin a retirement consultation, call 508-998-8858. That's 508-998-8858. This is Money Wise Radio. Money Wise is in many places. If you missed a minute of the show or want to listen to past episodes of Money Wise, go online to usawealthgroup.com and click on the radio page. That's usawealthgroup.com. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I would like to say that we have a a new representative working with us, helping to uh, handle the computers and the microphones and everything else. And thank you so much, Brianna. Yep, absolutely. She's going to be on the radio again. She was on the radio again uh, recently. One of the uh, interesting things that I've been seeing lately also is buyers coming from all areas. Uh, the multifamily that I have under agreement in New Bedford, uh, I saw people coming from Boston, several people from Brockton, several mm-hmm. people from Foxborough. So people are coming from further away. Um, for investment properties, and there were families that came down from that area too. So maybe they're tired of, you know, the Boston, Brockton kind of city areas and wanted to move down here. And then another thing that I've been hearing a lot of, and I heard a lot of at this open house, is a lot of chatter about people excited about the um, rail line that's going to be coming into New Bedford and how they think that that's going to be great for the city and also in, increase property values. Oh, absolutely, it will. You know, I I do a lot of reading in the Wall Street Journal and other business publications, too. And there have been so many stories recently, and I would say the last six months to a year. There are major corporations in this country right now. Their only goal is to go out and buy as many single-family homes as they can buy. And they'll go into an area and buy up a whole bunch of them, and then they rent them. And they can make a good return on investment by renting the home even after they buy them. And so that's another competing force that you've got to deal with. You're not just competing with other individual homeowners in the the market. You're now competing with major corporations that want to buy homes for investment. So it's a really tough time to buy. Yeah, so for those of you who aren't aware, I'm sure everybody listening is within earshot of what's going on with the rail. But uh, it's coming. It's going to be here sooner than you think. And uh, I actually spoke with the woman who is heading up the whole project. And uh, she said that they're trying very hard to put a parallel line in that would be a high-speed line going directly from New Bedford all the way up to uh, Braintree. 
Mm. And not having any stops along the way. I think the new train is scheduled to be operational in 2023. Yep. Really? And parts of it are already under construction. So it's coming. It's already funded. Uh, A billionaire named John Paulson once said, I still think buying a home is the best investment any individual can make. And I feel the same way. Going back to the purchase and sale agreement yes. uh, issue, one of the things that I've come up upon before is from a seller side when the buyer says it's a, a cash deal, you want to make sure you have language in the contract that says that they don't need financing and that the sale isn't subject to financing. Because a- sometimes you know they'll say, oh, it's a cash deal, and last minute they'll say, oh, I'm waiting on the lender. And there shouldn't be a lender. Mm-hmm. I've actually seen that happen before, too. Yeah. And it's like, whoa, it's supposed to be a cash deal. Right. And then you also want to make sure that they show proof of funds if it's a cash deal. Right. Well, very good points. Um, let's talk for just a moment, Mike. Um, let's assume that you're a buyer and you've been successful in making an offer on a property that's been accepted. You either have financing ahead of time with a pre-approval letter, which makes you much more marketable and approvable as a buyer, or you've got cash. Um, maybe you're borrowing cash from another source. Maybe you're borrowing cash from a relative and you plan to take title and then refinance the property. Again, it makes you a much better buyer likely to well, be accepted. Well, again, I wouldn't even recommend a client look at an offer if it doesn't come with a pre-approval letter at this point. That's the way the market is today. And the other way the market is today is um, agents are starting to ask the question, and I'm asking the question if I'm helping somebody sell a home uh, or a multifamily or a commercial property. Um, commercial is not going to be as big of a deal, and usually an investment property is not as big of a deal, but I still ask. Uh, if you get an offer that comes in way higher than the asking price, which is usually what's happening, mm. um, it's been going back and forth uh, from buyer agent to seller's agent. You know, do you have, does your client have cash? throw at the deal basically if the home appraises out and what that means is say there's a house that's listed at 400,000 and it goes under agreement for 475 which again is not uncommon in this market 75,000 over asking and then the bank appraisal every time you have to if there's financing included every time a lender is going to approve a deal they have to send a representative out to appraise the value of the home and if the home value comes in at, say, $440,000, well, then you're $35,000 um, over what the bank will actually lend, and you have to come up with that $35,000 cash yourself out of pocket. And right. we're, we're seeing that happen a lot. And they're saying, this offer is great, it's huge, but you know, what if it doesn't appraise at, this, the, at that price? Do you have cash to throw at the deal? Mm-hmm. And by the way, if you want to get more in-person, one-on-one advice with Pete Lance, for example, on some of the nuances of what kind of an offer should you make if you're in a buying position, give him a call at 508-998-8858. He'd be happy to sit down with you and talk to you about giving you advice. I want to give one little tip because I've been in this situation a couple of times with people, with clients. Let's say the house is on the market for 400000 just to use your same number and you know that there's an open house and you know that people are going to come in with a higher offer and you're going to be willing to make a higher offer, don't automatically say, I'm going to offer $425,000. That's too nice and neat a round number because maybe somebody else is going to offer that nice, neat round number of 425. Instead, say, I'm going to go in and offer $426,500. You make it an oddball number. So your offer stands out as being a little bit higher. Yeah, there was one that was accepted that was exactly like that. It was uh, there were several offers. The two highest were three hundred and eighty thousand dollars and three hundred and eighty-one thousand five hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's a good little uh, tactic and tip just to make yourself stand out a little bit better. There's one thing that um, I've been seeing a lot more lately, and I'm not a fan of it. I think it's really unfair. A lot of people are saying highest and best offers are due by Tuesday at 5 p.m. or whatever. That's not what upsets me, but there's offers that will come in that say, our offer is for $370,000, but we reserve the right. It's called an escalation clause, and I don't even know if it's legal. I don't think it is. We reserve the the right to go up by $2,000 over 
the next highest offer up to $385,000. And it's kind of like, why don't you just offer $385,000? Yeah, it's it's Mm. an oddball way of doing it. I'm not a big fan of that either. But anyway, don't forget to give Peter a call at 508-998-8858, and he can help you go through this. He can help be a buyer's broker if you need to do that. If you're thinking about selling the house, he can absolutely help you with selling the house and pricing it correctly so you're going to get the maximum amount possible. And I do everything. I, I, I feel like I do a little bit more than most agents if, if the situation warrants it and needs it. Um, you know, if the home needs repairs, I will help to arrange lineup people to get the home repaired. Or, you know, if it's got chip paint and it won't pass FHA guidelines for lending purposes, then... You know, I'll arrange to get the, the paint scraped and painted. Uh, if the, somebody has passed away and the house has all kinds of stuff in it and the family's gone through everything and now what's left is, you know, stuff that nobody wants, I'll arrange to have it donated or get a dumpster there and get a crew to go in there and, and clean everything out. Um, and as I said earlier, we, we have to, as a, a seller agent, to get the uh, smoke detectors up, upgraded and uh, inspected by the fire department. You final water readings, final oil readings, all that kind of stuff. It's complicated. There's a lot of detail. It's really very difficult to do it by yourself. You'd never want to do an open house on your own as your own uh, seller and not have a broker involved and have strangers come in your house. And then now you've got to try to evaluate whether it's safe to have people come in your house. You just don't want to be there. No, especially right now with when you do have an open house, which is what we always kick off the sale with, it's just you know 30 families at least coming through every single time and so it's not just me it's myself and at least one associate that go there to make sure that we're monitoring all the rooms all the floors whatever and you have to track down you have to have them enter their names and everything else i'd like to just jump for a second pete and talk with um attorney mike coleman about mike there's a whole bunch of different ways you can take title to the house you know we could spend three hours on this show just Mm -hmm. talking about all this so if you're if you've got Two people who are not related, for example, mm-hmm. you might choose to do like tenants in common. Right. And that means what? They own 50 cent, 50% each? Or, yeah, or a different percentage. But then, you know, what? when one of them passes away, their share in the property would pass to their heirs mm-hmm. instead of passing to the surviving owner. Joint tenancy, on the other hand, is where people own uh, property jointly. And if one of them dies, the other one inherits their uh, interest automatically. That's called a right of survivorship. Yeah. And then tenants by the entirety is normally between husband and wife. Uh, you could have it in a partnership, a trust, which so, we do. So tenancy by the entirety between husband and wife, I think that means um, what's mine is mine and what's yours is mine. Right. Something <laughs> like that. <laughs> and that's important. I've actually had situations on deeds where husbands and wives owned property, but they didn't have the right language in the deed. And so we had to probate both estates when the uh, husband and wife passed away because the deed language was wrong. There were two words off the deed. Wow. And we had to do two full probates to so get the property sold. If you think about it, that's a pretty serious thing. If you want to have certainty about how your deed is, whether you're trying to sell it or not, Make an appointment and go see Mike, and he'll review your deed for you. Mm-hmm. Call him at 508-998-8800. And how about a trust? Yeah, we can put a property in a trust so that if something happens to the owner, you know, the property passes to the beneficiaries of the trust or in an irrevocable trust, which may protect the home from a nursing home. Mm-hmm. So those are all definitely possibilities. So not only do you have to think about... What to do if you want to buy a house, what to do if you want to sell the house. But if you're buying a house, you have to think about all the different kinds of ways in which you could hold title to a house. So once again, going back to what we said earlier, get representation. Be represented by a lawyer and a law firm when you're involved in this transaction. Mm-hmm. It's your big transaction. Um, we're going to come back in just a minute and talk about um, how to protect your home. Ideas like insurance and homesteads and things of that nature. So if you'll stay tuned, we promise that we'll be back in just a minute and give you some more very useful information about your biggest financial asset.
call 508-998-8858. That's 508-998-8858. This is Money Wise Radio. Money Wise is in many places. If you missed a minute of the show or want to listen to past episodes of Money Wise, go online to usawealthgroup.com and click on the radio page. That's usawealthgroup.com. This is Money Wise Radio. Welcome back to MoneyWise once again, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking about whether this is a good time to buy or to sell a home. And the answer is, incredibly or not, yes. It's a good time to buy and it's a good time to sell. Hmm. You just have to be careful about how you're doing it and make sure you get the proper representation. So let's talk to PETA. You're saying that because our engineer just said that? Yes. Okay. But uh, welcome back to Attorney Mike Coleman and to Peter Lance, Pete Lance, also known as Hey You. Mm-hmm. You know, there have been articles just this past week, one week before we're sitting down here to do the radio show. Uh, New York Times, for example, in less than a week, has an article called A Hot Market Leads to Buyer Burnout. And it talks about a couple in Utah who tried to buy a house and they couldn't, somebody else bid it, but they had made 54 offers on separate houses, including the last house they offered $60,000 over the listing price and they waived the inspection and they still were not selected as a successful buyer. Their choice has been simple. They're gonna just not get into the buyer market right now. They're gonna sit and wait for a while and. Hope that inventory will increase and prices will come down and suddenly there'll be more opportunities to buy. But how frustrating it is if you're in the market to try to buy a house today. It's very difficult, isn't it, Pete? It absolutely is. So, Mike, just before the show, we were talking about different ways to hold title to property. But there's a lot of things you can do if you've been successful in buying the property to protect your home. Uh, You can do a homestead, for example. Yeah, you could do a homestead. So that is actually usually it's something that people do when they buy the home. Mm-hmm. Um, it's usually put on record when you buy it. Right. But it is something that protects the equity that you have in your home against an unsecured creditor. Mm-hmm. So that can be good if you get into a car accident, someone sues you, your home is protected. Okay. So that's a good thing. Peter, how about a liability umbrella rider on your home? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, again, we do every manner of life insurance here. We can in- insure your motorcycle, your commercial property, your business, uh, everything. But we absolutely recommend umbrella policies. It protects you uh, in the case that, that your you know your standard homeowner's policy doesn't protect you if you got into a lawsuit, as an example. So th- this is your biggest single asset for most people. Number one, you want to have title insurance in place. If you're putting a mortgage on your house at the time you buy, the bank is going to make you have title insurance, right, Mike? Yep. If you're paying cash for the property, you should still get title insurance. It's not that expensive, and it guarantees – you were telling a story about a uh, discovering 18 years after somebody bought the house that there's a title defect. Mm-hmm. Well, if you get title insurance in place, they're going to step up to the plate and fix it and take care of the problem. So title insurance is critically important. Um, regular insurance. How about homeowners insurance, Pete? Yeah, again, we insure everything. And, you know, I'm not sure if everybody understands the term captive agent, but that means that you can only sell one type of, you know, insurance. And we are independent agents, so therefore we have access to about 30 different companies, which means we can do quotes across the board and get you um, you know, the lowest rate that we can find, which typically about 90% of the time or more, is lower than uh, what you're currently in. And don't think you're saving money because you've got your house insured at a low value. You're going to find out it's a very expensive lesson if something happens to your house. If your house burns down, for example, and you don't have enough insurance on your house, especially when prices are rising and values are rising, Make sure that you keep enough insurance on your house to keep pace with rising values. Yeah, no, that's a good point. And 
I talked earlier about bank appraisals and how there are situations where somebody will put something under agreement with a really high offer and the bank may come in with a lower value, but we're seeing it less and less because the banks are starting to see, you know, that it's becoming a problem. So I don't know where it's all going to end and what's going to happen, but the, a lot of the appraisals are actually coming in right at the um, offer price. And that means that, you know, that home is now worth X amount of dollars. And now your home who, you know, you're not selling your home right now. That means your home is worth a lot more than what you think it is. And therefore, you really should think about getting uh, a a look at your insurance and make sure that your coverages are up to date. Uh, Because if you did have a fire, you would be in big trouble. Or it's hurricane season too, so. Yeah, that's a good point too. I want to come back to hurricane season in just one second. So what I've learned about insurance is if you don't have at least 80% of property coverage, that is replacement cost to cover at least 80% of the cost, you become a co-insurer with the insurance company when it comes to covering a loss. So if you have a $300,000 value home, and we're not talking about the land, but just the house value, and you've only got $150,000 of insurance coverage, you're only insured for 50% of the value. What they call it is replacement cost. So in other words, if your home, to replace it, you know, if the home burned down and to have to rebuild it from scratch, essentially, that's called the replacement cost. And that's what you're talking about if the, if the replacement cost is $300,000. Yep. So then the insurance company, in the case of the loss, is only going to pay that percentage towards the, towards the loss. And you're going to have to come out of pocket to pay the balance. So quickly on insurance, you want to have title insurance when you're buying the house. You want to have uh, liability insurance in case somebody gets injured and wants to sue you and take your house. Uh, you want to have um, life insurance in case you die that can pay off your mortgage. That would be a really good one. You can help with life insurance too, Contrapine. Yep. Uh, that's a different uh, side of the um, building, I guess, if you would say the home, auto, commercial, everything else is down one end, and then uh, sort of in the middle is USA Wealth Group, which is you and I, um, and we do a lot of life insurance. Well, and then um, you can do such things as have an alarm system, a camera system. You can look at flood insurance if you're in a flood zone. I just found out recently that the major concern with flood insurance is not the water damage, it's the wind damage. Yeah. Yep. So that was interesting to me to learn. One thing that I should just mention is I've never met anybody who's more knowledgeable about insurance than Cheryl at our office. Mm-hmm. And uh, she can tell people, she helps people all the time, uh, letting them know what they could do to you know, save money, whether it's discounts that they might be qualified for, you know, uh, a, a good student discount. You know, there's, there's so many discounts that people aren't aware of. Um, there's some discounts that if you donate $50 towards an organization, you get 10 or 15% off, you know, additionally. Um, and she just really knows everything inside and out. She, she'll tell you, you know, don't buy this home because, you know, it's not close to a fire hydrant, so your insurance is going to be higher, all, the, all these kinds of things that she knows. Well, there's, there's so much to learn, isn't there, Mike? There's not only how to hold title to property and how to protect your home with homesteads and things of that nature. Um, And you obviously wish to protect your house in case you should die and something happens to you. Mm -hmm. That means making sure it's taken care of properly in a trust or in your estate plan. If you put the house into a trust, you can control where the house goes. Some people, you know, if a house is owned by a husband and wife jointly, which is normal, if they both pass away, there's no owner that's a probate asset. So we can put the house into a trust and make sure that it passes on to kids smoothly without any court. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes, you know, people don't want one of their kids or both kids to inherit the house. <laughs> or sometimes, so they want a li- sometimes they want a life estate for one of the kids, possibly. Right. They want to be able to say, so-and-so who's already living in the house with me mm-hmm. can continue to live there for one year or five years or... As long as they need to, they mm-hmm. have to pay the expenses to do that. Mm-hmm. Gosh, there's a lot to know about real estate, yeah. isn't there, Mike? Definitely. So as we wind up today, if you think that buying and selling real estate and owning real estate and leaving real estate to your family is simple, it's fairly detailed. There's lots to know. 
I like to think that everybody who's working here in this office has collectively a huge amount of experience in helping you deal with your largest single investment asset. And I hear a lot of noise for some yeah. reason. I went out there to check on it, and I was going to go and tell people to stop making so much noise, and I thought they were singing or something. It's a baby. Oh. So I don't think we can do anything about that. <laughs> no, probably we could, not. but we probably don't. I want to give you one final quotation today from uh, Armstrong Williams, an entrepreneur. Now, one thing I tell everyone is to learn about real estate. Repeat after me. Real estate provides the highest returns, the greatest values, and the least risk. But you have to go about it in the correct way. We are here to help you. We're here to help you buy or sell your home, your property, make tax decisions. Sometime we'll talk about you can sell your house in most cases without paying capital gains tax. But mostly we want to thank you for listening today. And thank you, Peter Lance. And thank you, Mike Coleman, Attorney Mike thank Coleman. You. And thank you, ladies and gentlemen. We hope you learned some information that's helpful today. You've been listening to Money Wise with the money guys, Ray Lance and Pete Lance, powered by USA Wealth Group, Inc. If you have questions about retirement, call today, 508-998-8858. That's 508-998-8858. Money Wise is also online. Go to usawealthgroup.com. That's usawealthgroup.com. Investment advisory services offered only by duly registered individuals through AE Wealth Management, LLC. AE Wealth Management and USA Wealth Group, Inc. are not affiliated companies. Firm offers insurance services. USA Wealth Group, Inc. is an independent financial services firm that helps people create retirement strategies using a variety of insurance and investment products. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Any references to safety, security, or guaranteed lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investment products. Insurance and annuity product guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. USA Wealth Group, Inc. is not permitted to offer and no statement made during this show shall constitute tax or legal advice. You should talk to a qualified professional before making any decisions about your personal situation. We are not affiliated with the U.S. government or any governmental agency. USA Wealth Group, Inc. has a strategic partnership with tax professionals and attorneys who can provide legal advice. Lance Law, Inc. is not affiliated with USA Wealth Group, Inc. or AE Wealth Management. This radio show is a paid placement.